Spider-Man, Lord of the Rings, Batman. What are these all about? They all had incredible third movies of their trilogies. Let's hit us with another great episode three, the first end of their trilogy saga in our podcast. Trevon, it's nice to be back. What's our topic for the day? Um, today we're going to be discussing something that we've been meaning to talk about for the last couple episodes, and that is targeting competitors. We're going to understand today, A, how do you defend against some um, people that are targeting against you? Who actually should you be targeting? And B, what are some quick and easy wins we can actually do to win against some of your competitors and steal some of their sales? All right. Episode three, Philip, we made it. Yes, sir. Um, I didn't get the invite to the last episode. I noticed that. <laughs> Um, you're a busy man yeah yeah but I'm, I'm glad to be back i should be here more often um trevon what's our topic for the day um today we're going to cover something that we've been meaning to talk about over the last um, couple episodes we did a bit in the first one but um what we're going to cover today is um just the concept of targeting your competitors um i think it's um something that many people in the amazon community don't necessarily understand and don't realize that they're a leaving tons of sales on the table and allowing other people to capitalize on just like their lack of knowledge in the space. Um, Philip, when you were thinking of um, targeting competitors, what's your general strategy and what's like the first thing that comes to mind? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I know we did speak about this on episode one a little bit. Um, one of the biggest things I'm seeing in the CPG space or the supplement space is just the sheer amount of people who have large established brands in the States, but aren't in Canada. And the search volumes there. If you do a, a typical Helium 10 setup, let's just say for pre-workouts, Ghost, um, Up Energy, um, G Fuel, all of these massive, massive people, um, they're getting over a thousand searches each per month in Canada, but their products aren't here. It's literally free real estate. So what I love to do is whenever I start a new a brand or new industry that I may not uh, be too familiar with, I go to one of the, the bigger uh, marketplaces, US, UK. Germany even. And I look at who are the big players in that space. And I like to find it. It's called easy wins. That's obviously what everyone wants. It's money machines at this point. What I like to do is then go to Canada and see if they're there or they, and what I typically see is three things. They're either there, which is okay. They're not there. This is free real estate. This is, this is my Ferrari with the keys left in the engine or they're there, but it's reseller. So they're selling at twice the price, which is essentially, again, it's a wild, wild west, and that's where I start advertising. That's my number one step to find a competitor, for sure. Uh, jumping on what you were saying before, I think um, where these like large brands are missing it, um, in a natural like retail store, if you're not in that store, there isn't somebody else selling selling your product. That's how, it's obviously that's how it's been for the last hundreds of years. Whereas on Amazon or any e-commerce space, really, people can repurpose, repurpose your products. Um they know your keyword volume does very well, so they can target against that keyword to make sure that they appear and allow them to get get sales simply just because um, their back-end team probably didn't know the value of Amazon or do the work to actually make sure that they have some sort of defense or brand awareness in, in the space, mm -hmm. essentially. Um, when we're looking to actually um, go about creating brand awareness on Amazon, the first thing I would say that anyone needs to do is um, product targeting campaigns. So for anyone that doesn't know that, um, most campaigns on Amazon, you're targeting a keyword. So for example, um, bathrobes, you type in bathrobes, several products appear based on their ranking, um, how much they've been, their review count, so on and so forth. But you actually can also target against, um, ASINs, for example, the, an ASIN is, um, essentially the identification code for every listing. 
so these particular campaigns you're targeting against a listing when this listing is looked up you can also appear as a suggestion and um recoup some some sales or also um gain some sales based on the notoriety and traffic of a particular product in general um philip when you notice that um a company isn't necessarily using that strategy a how do you def defend against people that are doing it against yours and B, what do you, what steps you go into deciding um who you should actually target as well? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, your best offense is a good defense. I think John Madden said that about twenty ish years ago, and it still holds true even on Amazon. Um, brand defense is inversely just as important as targeting your competitors. Number one is what I like to make sure is I have my own campaigns broken up between if they're category or if they're competitor or if or if I'm, they're just general branded. And as you can tell, your branded keyword is going to perform exponentially better. So I leave a large budget and I keep my bids rather high than what Amazon would suggest just to make sure that no one can take up the placements of the brand or the product. And then I also will run a brand defense sponsor display campaign on all my ASINs to make sure that you're not getting um, taken up. A big thing with Amazon lately is, as you can tell, they do another update every week for advertising because it's a money machine for them. Um, not only are they having sponsor display on the side and the bottom of the listings, there's also a top banner on actual product display pages, which is brutal. Um, the sheer amount of ads on your own listing, if you aren't defending yourself, is craziness. So that's number one. For offense, um, I think one of the most important things is identifying your competition. Um, I think what is one of the number one is how to actually target them is you need to know who it is first. A sniper is only as good as if there's a target there. Yep. You can't just be shooting at an empty wall. One of my tips and what I like to prefer is a lot of people are thinking, okay, and I, I talk about the supplement space a lot, so I'm going to go supplements again. Okay, the number one pre-workout in the space is C4. I want to be like C4. I'm going to target the C4 keyword, and I'm going to target C4's blue raspberry um, listing that's doing $100 million a year. You're not going to win. It's C4. You need to go against someone who's realistic in your space. So we're talking price, we're talking reviews, and we're talking overall value add. So if you're the strongest pre-workout in the space, why are you going against something that's more beginner like C4? If you are the most durable glove in the world meant for um, boxing, why would you be advertising on a glove that's more for like um, gardening? It doesn't make sense just because you're in the same industry. You need the same value add. So what I like to do is I'm starting off looking at someone who's between $5 on each side, lower or higher, and within 20 reviews of me. It gives me a nice niche area of, five to 10 competitors that are directly within my wheelhouse that I could win against every single month. That's where I'm starting. Your main goal is to find who you are attacking and then it's a bloodbath from there. And then it's just, <laughs> then it's just stealing baby. Yeah. So Trevon, now that we have this group of five to 10 people that we know who we should hit within our wheelhouse, how are you actually going to get sales from them? What's the best way that you'd recommend? Generally through my experience, it it's sponsored products. Um, typically what I will do is twofold situation, a, the rule of five under five, five over generally, um, targeting those competitors are similar in price review and their listing quality as well, where we know that generally if both of our items are put together, we can make a sale. Another way that I also try to generate sales for my clients is through complimentary, um, listings. So typically, um, through dad, through data, you'll be able to realize, um, this product is often bought with this type of product, for example. Um, so if, if someone is buying a basketball, for example, you may target a basketball hoop. It's complementary items that are needed to be purchased together, and you're making sales in um, 
in unorthodox ways that most competitors aren't actually doing. Gen the general thought process is if I have a supplement, I'm going to target 1,500 supplements. You, what I try to do from my perspective is look through the customers, the customer journey and try to put my product in spaces where that it makes sense for an actual purchase. Because the worst thing you want to do is Amazon is high, um, high intent. So people click on everything because they want to know how much, how much something is priced at. They want to know the listing, the reviews, the description. And we need to make sure that every time that someone is clicking on our item, we have a chance to actually make a sale and it's the right customer that we're actually looking for. I think the biggest mistake, and you, you said it perfectly, it may not be about the topic we're talking about today, but looking through the customer's eyes. I think a lot of people are smart. There's a lot of smart people in this world. They know how to read numbers. They know that a 12% A cost is better than 100% A yeah. cost. And they know this bid probably should be uh, 20 cents less if it's not doing too hot. But there's not a lot of people who are genuinely have to thought about it like you. Um, if you were just looking at the data and helium 10 and all of this, you may not think, hey, let's go for um, a basketball towel. Let's look at the Gatorade bottle because yeah. the people want get thirsty when they're playing basketball. But that's where you get those easy wins because the majority of your competitors aren't thinking like that, but you have this new niche and it gives you a free zone to just get complimentary sales and get new customers. That's incredible. Um, another way also, this is um, something that I know some people do in the space, but I don't think it's highlighted enough. Um, with whatever marketplace you're in, whether it's Canada or the US, um, there's two major languages in in both com in both um, countries. Um, there's a lot of, like in the US, for example, there's a lot of Spanish keywords for companies that are actually being put in on Amazon as keywords that no one is ever looking at. The, the, um, the brand isn't doing any defense towards, they're not um, actually putting any advertising money towards it. So you are able to actually, through keywords as well, able to appear on their page for a whole demographic that no one else is actually catering for, which is one way that I've been able to get a few easy ones, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like when you when, like a lot of people don't think about it, but like in Quebec is one of the largest like economies within Canada, yeah. and it's it's a whole different demographic. I I never thought my French classes in high school would be useful that well until I went to Amazon advertising. It's crazy. So Trevon, Trevon, if you did want to go after these big sellers and this the biggest brand in the space, because a lot of tiny sellers and small businesses um, know the worth of their product and they want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the big guys. They want to go David versus Goliath. It may not be the best strategy, but they want to. How would you recommend if you wanted to go against a C4, if you wanted to go against a Saks underwear or et cetera, how would you target them? Would it be product targeting, sponsored product, sponsored brand? I feel like it's got to be product targeting on the bottom. It's the cheapest, but what are your thoughts? I would say product targeting. You have to be very careful also with what particular product that you're, you're doing it against. Ideally, you want it to be something that you're cheaper than $5 or under and that you have more reviews against. Um, even now, there's still a lot of major brands still trying to build on Amazon. They've just launched maybe early COVID. They saw how e-commerce grew during this during COVID and now they're building out their presence. So some of them still don't have a lot of reviews. So what you would want to do is say the C4 flavor that only has six six reviews, they're obviously putting a lot of advertising dollars towards it because they want to get some reviews. So there will be some actual um, traffic coming in, but they don't necessarily have the reviews to um, convert at the level that they're used to with other products or in other spaces. So you actually have an opportunity to A, win just because it's a price war on Amazon and B, um, 
with your longevity on Amazon actually um, win because you have more reviews compared to the six or six to 10 that this newer product actually has. Yeah. And what I've heard from a lot of like people who are just beginning their Amazon advertising journey is, okay, great. It's nice that I could advertise on a competitor, but if I only have a thousand bucks, I might not want to put money towards it. Something I've done, and this is a little more niche and unique, so it doesn't help for everyone. If you do want to go against these big Goliaths and you're not there yet, what I've done in the past is, let's say there's C4 and you go to the bottom of the listing and there's five competitors that are advertising on C4. I advertise on their ASINs. Because if you think about it from the customer journey again, they're looking at C4, they click on that comparison listing on the bottom, they scroll on the bottom, I'm there. I'm getting a third of the impressions, but for a fifth of the price. That's 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 another easy win I've seen as well. Um, also, when considering targeting competitors, it's a good idea to just do tons of research and understand the marketplace, the average price, and what's going in. Um, Philip, you've actually discussed this a lot. Um, in terms of pricing, what do you do to track um, competitor pricing? And if I ask you something you don't know, okay, all right, shit. Okay, in terms of um, tracking pricing for your competitors, what tools do you use to make sure that a that you're staying competitive, and b when you do run these um, actual um, campaigns that you'll be successful? I'm a big fan of Google extensions. I have seen every single e-commerce seller, uh, scraper there is. I've been everywhere. My best recommendation that I would use to check pricing, both on who's the reseller um, and just overall what the pricing is and if it's changed, it's it's called Camel, Camel, Camel. It is a hilarious name. It's not a joke. But the, the reason why it's named and what I think about it is the humps of the camel is the pricing graph of how it changes basically what you could do is you could plug in whatever asin you want and then it'll send you an email when their pricing changes below a level so what i do is um and i, I do this more for heroes because it's more manual um if my hero product is a phone case and i know the biggest phone case is this and this so i'm competing against i'll put the race into camel 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 and i'll say okay if their price drops by 10 percent, send me an email i'll get an email on my phone i go straight into seller central drop it by eight, eight or twelve percent and then i'm right there that's what i'd recommend for sure yeah, it's a really useful tool. I think often people um, don't realize that changing your price by one to two dollars could change everything for your listing. People want to ensure Amazon incentivizes having the lowest price, obviously based on your margins. Not everyone can do that, but slight adjustments and seeing the actual trends that are happening in the market can change everything and make sure that you maximize your sales in general. Um, another thing I would also suggest in just making sure that you're product ready and as competitive as possible when running these campaigns is do cross comparisons with your actual listings compared to the other listings. Um, generally rule of thumb, you want to look at the top competitors, look at what they're doing for their products. So like, for example, um, they'll have three images with call outs. They'll have an infograph showing it in real life, lifestyle photos and making sure that the customer in in their journey sees how this product is going to be used in several different scenarios and they understand exactly what's what's going on. Um, if you see that, um, A, I have two photos, this person has seven photos, it's a better experience for the customer to go to the, the one with the seven photos that describes exactly what the product is. When I run these product targeting ads, it's not going to work. Before running any ad, I'm going to say this probably every episode, we need to ensure that 
your listing is optimized and is at peak performance because essentially if you if you look at it like boxing if you go if you're only fighting with one hand there's no way that you're actually going to win 100%. And I think one other thing that someone a lot of e-commerce like managers need to get their head wrapped around is e-commerce is not e-commerce. Amazon is Amazon, Shopify is Shopify. They're very different. If you want to think about how just different the way I like to think about it is I like to make it physical in my head. If you're on a shelf at a store, that's normal brick and mortar. There's a few competitors around you, but they're not throwing your product in the back of in the back of the <laughs> aisle and putting their front there. If you're at a Shopify website, you're going to a boutique. You're getting massage. You're seeing beautiful videos, nice callouts, our about us story. It's 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 very personalized, very warm and loving. If you're going to Amazon, it's a shelf rack on the clearance section. Yeah. You're scrolling through twelve dollars, six dollars, four dollars, five dollars, large, medium X. You're finding what you want. You're grabbing. You're out. That's what you have to think. Amazon is a bloodbath. The customers are unbiased and there's money for the taking everywhere. Awesome. And that's targeting competitors. First off, thank you, Phil, for joining this episode. I'm glad I can get you in your, your busy schedule. Um, next episode, we have something special coming. Um, don't want to reveal it just quite yet, but um, we're really excited for the next episode and what we have in store. 100%. And, uh, you know, I, I've been working really hard on it behind the curtain, of course. That's actually the reason why I had to skip the last episode because we were just nailing the last few couple samples and getting everything going. We're, we're really excited. And we know just with our base and who will actually listen to this and gain value, it'll help you accelerate to the next level. We're really excited to get this out. Awesome. So stay tuned, friends. Awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go.